0: Welcome to the Hadasa Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Maranen. The Hadasa Collective is a unique wellness-centered community created in and inspired by India, the birthplace of holistic health disciplines. The Hadasa Collective Podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view discussing a vast range of topics, including shutdown and self-isolation strategies, integrated diet and fitness, yogic science, modern mental health, and holistic lifestyle, all to inspire you with relatable tools to help you consciously customize, support, and expand your life. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Elena Brower. Elena is a mother, a teacher, an artist, a best-selling author, and the host of the Practice You podcast. In my opinion, Elena is one of the most inspiring people and leaders in the space of yoga. And in this episode, we will be speaking about the supportive properties of essential oils and how you can integrate essential oils into your life to support you from a physical perspective, an emotional perspective, a spiritual perspective, and a metaphysical perspective. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Elena, welcome to the Hadassah Collective. I'm so, so looking forward to having this conversation with you about your yoga journey and um, the magic, the pure magic of essential oils.
1: Mm, thank you for having me, truly.
0: Incredible. So um, why don't we start by, if you could just give our listeners an overview of who you are, what you do, and where on the earth plane you are right now.
1: So, hi, my name is Elena Brower. I am a mom, first. I am a writer. I'm an artist, business person, business owner. Uh, I have my own podcast. I teach yoga and meditation. And I'm a partner to my dear man, James, whom I've been with for Gosh, eight years.
0: Wow,
1: wow, how beautiful,
0: yeah. how beautiful. And um, how did you get started on this path? Like, what brought you to this journey? Um, let's chat about your early life. Like, what did that look like? Where did you grow up? And did that contribute to um, the, the path that you're on now?
1: I actually had a really um, sweet childhood, two parents who were very young. They had me when they were 23 years old. I have a younger sister who's about a year and a half younger than I, whom I love very much. And we, we had a pretty relaxed uh, childhood. My sister wasn't entirely well, so there was a little bit of uh, difficulty there. But all in all, I was supported I was encouraged in my creativity. We had a roof over our heads. We had food to eat. We were comfortable enough. My parents worked very, very hard to make that so. Um, And it instilled in me a really serious work ethic, watching my mom the way that she worked. Um, And I think a a lot of the longing to be helpful and useful came from seeing my sister in in not super life-altering ways, but she suffered a, quite a bit as a kid. And I always wanted to be more helpful than my parents were comfortable allowing me to be, which was understandable due to their age. And I think that that led to a lot of my longing to be in service in the world.
0: Yeah, wow. That's so interesting. But I think that's also a really healthy perspective as well from your parents to have that awareness at such a young age to allow mm-hmm. you to be a child and not step into that space of service immediately. I think that's really kind of honorable of them, actually.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, so what are the sort of things that you feel like you've had to overcome to to get to where you are in your journey? I'm sure there's many, but are there moments that you've had of self-doubt or even doubting the journey, because when you first got into yoga, it really wasn't as, as big or as common a career path as, um, as it is now. So what were those moments that you had to overcome self doubt?
1: I never actually doubted myself. Uh, when I was teaching, I, I, I had trouble looking at the students into their faces and into their eyes at first. I was very nervous, Mm. you know, to, to be in front of a lot of people and talking, but I got over that pretty quickly because I just kept studying. And the more I studied, the more I felt I was uh, capable of that sort of leadership and guiding people through their bodies as I had been guided. Mm, amazing. Uh, and it, I re- I see it as a great big honor and a responsibility.
0: Mm, so interesting as well in, the, in terms of, growing as a teacher because i think a lot of people also they feel they don't they want to wait to teach until they feel confident and have the knowledge whereas obviously you have some level of knowledge when you start out as a teacher but i think it's always a growth journey into that space as well
1: also true you know i I don't think it was really until many years in that i felt the full force of my confidence but i definitely i definitely agree with that statement And so
0: have there been any difficult moments in your life, really dark nights of the soul, pivotal moments um, that that you feel have really shaped your path? And what sort of um, practices outside of yoga have you used to um, ascend those or transcend those?
1: Well, I think mostly uh, I look back to my teens and early 20s. I had a lot of body dysmorphia. Disordered eating wasn't terrible, you know, it wasn't hospitalized. Um, But it was enough that it was affecting my capacity to live in a contented way as I should have been living. Um, Yoga really helped with that because it's it planted me squarely into my body and got me to listen to the messages of my body in a new way that I, I had not been listening to before. Um yeah it, it's an interesting gift, the practice of yoga, and I just want to take a moment to honor the sort of roots of it yeah. um and say that i'm i'm again I feel really responsible to um ensure that the sources are. Recognized, And this is a practice that came from so far away from where I was trained in New York City. It came so far from India, um, from other points east where uh, people were quiet enough to realize that the most important thing was to consistently practice being present in the body so that the mind could experience moments of ease and uh, connection. Um, I don't say that poetically. I say that very sort of factually. And I just want to be sure that we, we honor that uh, that path that came from so far away from so long ago yes. to where, we're, where we sit right now.
0: Yeah, and it's a path also that was actually, you know, diligently guarded and defended, you know, from colonialism yes. and, you know, all of these different factors. And, yes. um, yeah, and has been such a gift to so many lives and it's such a gift to the west because it really is the antidote to our way of living i think it's such a you know antidote to to the rush and um the outer body actually i think that's one thing that yoga gave me as well was just the presence in the body that i'd never felt before
1: never Mm -hmm. experienced
0: Mm -hmm. before and um That actually interestingly pivots into a question I was going to ask you later on in regards to essential oils, but I think that it's um, because you're an expert in essential oils also, and um, I think it's an interesting thing to note when we talk about different things like plant medicine and um, essential oils being one of them. That's how I view essential oils. Anything from ayahuasca or to tea or to even the food that we eat that we treat as plant medicine to really recognize the energetic quality that we're wanting to get from, from using those. And um, I think it's really important to honor the source of those as well and to really check the supply chain in, in those sorts of medicines that we are using. So can you speak a little bit about that? Because I know that you're um, very involved in essential oils and um Involved in a company that's very deeply rooted in um, you know good practices and um, pure supply chains as well. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yes, um, I, I first of all, I don't want to refer to plant medicine at all. Mm-hmm. I, I am uh, I want to make sure that I'm very clear about this. this is this is something that I use and have used for the last almost thirty years to support my systems. I don't consider. Mm-hmm them medicine um, I consider them my support system yeah. um, and the reason why aromatherapy is such a rage I think uh, especially in this country in the last couple of decades is that we're very naturally seeking relief from heavy pollution the air the water the yeah. soil the, the ozone the earth's field the electromagnetic field of the earth yeah. um we're seeking clarity from all of that. And we're drawn to essential oils because they're the lightest and basically the most etheric expression of energy. Yeah. Um, they're not like vegetable oils because essential oils evaporate really quickly. They leave no trace on paper or cloth. And um, they're one of the oldest therapies known to mankind. Um, the important thing that you mentioned is that the oils that we typically find at the natural food store, even some big name companies, are often cut with, you know, things like propylene glycol and adulterated with synthetics or mm. other compounds. And we have to be really careful. I chose to um, work closely with the company with whom I work because they are reliably therapeutic grade period you know tested for purity by independent labs um which have the experience and the libraries and the understanding to test with accuracy so historically you can look to let's go back to world war ii in france Dr. Jean Valnet, who's one of the sort of initial first aromatherapists, let's say, he used lavender essential oil on patients with gangrene, which the antibiotics could not touch and saved every single one. That is historic fact. Um, today, there are about 150 hospitals in England, maybe more by now, prescribing essential oils. Mm. I still don't want to call it medicine because Mm -hmm. I don't, I I want this to be able to be heard far and wide. And I want to be very clear that that's not how I consider it. I consider essential oils to be supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's a, there's a whole conversation around uh, bacteria, viral uh, issues, um, that essential oils can sort of provide support for because they're actually more powerful than a lot of other things that we know about that are man-made. Yeah. Um, they give us ozone. They give us oxygen. They give us negative ions. Mm. Um, harmful bacteria and viruses can't live in a negative ion environment or an ozone. They just can't live there. Yeah. So that's why, um, when you do your homework, you can find that essential oils actually increase our cellular oxygen. They, um, they sort of break down the, the chain of lots of chemicals and metallics. You can see if you put like a, a drop of lemon on a piece of styrofoam, for example, mm. you can watch it disintegrate. It breaks down toxic... Chemicals, these mm-hmm. compounds in the oils in in the plants. It's not just I'm, I'm, I. I want to make sure that I'm clear that we're talking about plants. We're not just talking about essential oils that have been distilled. Yeah. We're talking about the plant compounds that once the plant is distilled become available to us. So I'm really I'm really keen on talking about this because I have found for myself the uh, efficacious impact that oils have had uh, on my surface area of my body yeah as well as internally yeah. so i talk about them carefully because i want this to be compliant yeah with the food and drug association but administration but i also want to make sure that um you know the information gets out there this is a useful support system to know how to use essential oils and to use them in ways that are um, safe and effective. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I mean, that's why I call call it the magic of essential oils, because there's also another element here that I really use essential oils for, and that's like the emotional sort of side of things. And I guess I also use flower remedies, but I think the way that flower remedies were developed were developed by a doctor to help people support them emotionally while people are going through um, end of life treatment or terminal illness and things like that. So it's looking at sort of the more negative emotions, whereas the way that I use essential oils to support myself emotionally is I kind of look at how do I want to feel and what am I dialing into what essential oils are going to support me in that way. Do I need to be more grounded? Do I need a bit of an uplift? That's how I sort of dial into essential oils. And how do you use them in this way to support yourself?
1: I love to just inhale straight from the bottle. For me, that's like, honestly, the simplest, best, my favorite. Um, Just inhaling and exhaling. It's more than bringing oxygen into your body. It's you're breathing, you're welcoming life force. You're, you're consciously bringing in uh, your birthright really closer yeah. into your body and with your presence. And then when you breathe out, you're releasing you know, what is no longer needed in the form of carbon dioxide, and that's a gift to the plants and the trees. Mm. So it really is a very symbiotic relationship between us and the plants. When I need, as you said, when I need to feel a certain way, if I want to feel uplifted, I'll go ahead and smell some lemon or some orange, something citrus, which Mm. um, also has incredible supportive properties for uh, many of the other assaults that we're experiencing right now Mm. in the world, Um, uh, antioxidant-wise and otherwise. Um, If I want to feel more sort of, centered. And, uh, if I feel like I'm losing gravity and I need gravity, mm. I'll turn to the trees, yeah. <clears throat> the fir trees, the spruce trees, the cypress trees. Um, you know, and I'll take them in and I'll feel them going into my lungs. And I feel, uh, as though I've come home to myself again. You know, when you, when you look at a tree and you see how they, are so majestic and regal. Even the smallest ones are so proud, you know. And you really dive into what they, uh, what they're transmitting to us by way of their example. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And, and when you have access, as we do with great fortune, to these oils, um, we can welcome that property, those those qualities into our bodies as we need. It.
0: And, and as you say, I just love the fact that there's such a holistic support system as you as you would call them, um, in the sense that they support us physically, they support us emotionally. And I mean I initially was attracted to essential oils just because of the scent. And then you sort of get deeper into it and you start looking and start studying and you realize the ways that it can really support you. And as you said, Combat against physical um, things that are, are coming against us, and also you know help us through different emotional spaces that we
1: might be moving through mm. and you and also there's there's a whole world around um, creating kind of a an aromatic anchor for mm-hmm. yourself you have many of them from your childhood, so yep. why if you're listening to us, you know. If you were to smell the smell of a peeling orange, you'd be brought back to some summertime memory. You know, everything has some sort of anchor. What I love is that I can use the oils now to have aromatic anchors of my own design. So if I want to feel super confident, I will go directly to orange Mm -hmm. or peppermint. And it brings me right there because that's I've designed that. I that's what I have determined. When I need confidence, I'm going to go there, mm. uh, and and it works every single time. When I need a dose of let's say rest or comforting, I'll turn to Serenity Blend or Lavender or Balance. You know, those are my anchors. Yeah. And as we work with the oils, uh, you know, I'm specifically. Sp- Speaking of DoTerra blends, but you know you can work with any any company. Just make sure they're pure. Yeah. Um, you can create these anchors for yourself so that you don't you no longer need to go like mining your mental landscape for a certain feeling. You yeah. can actually just turn to the oils and use them for support in this way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're so you're so right. Um, since we've been in lockdown for the past year and a half. My mom actually collects like niche perfumes and artisanal perfumes from around the world. And we haven't been able to travel. And literally every time she sprays one of these perfumes, she's like, oh, I remember when I bought this and I was in Bratz or something like this. And it conjures up, it brings her back to that memory. So that's been so beautiful. And I love the power of scent that I think is really sort of undervalued and I think that that's um an amazing way to use the essential oils to sort of decide as well that this is how I'm going to this is what I'm going to anchor into confidence in in using these essential oils I think that's an amazing way to use them. Hmm. And yeah. so are there any other wellness modalities or spiritual practices that have really supported you on your journey outside of yoga? Um, outside of the support of essential oils?
1: Um, Now that I'm getting older, I'm going to talk about a wellness modality that is not really spiritual. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, if you're listening to us right now, to make sure that you have blood work every year to visit with a functional doctor and ensure that everything is... Uh, where it needs to be, I think that's a that, that's that's a spiritual practice, and then you know what you need to support yourself by way of supplements or practices. What I do is going to be different for other people because other people will need different things. I do really well with intermittent fasting, yeah. you know, finishing dinner by eight o'clock and not eating again until twelve, one, two the next day. Uh, big big lunch, small dinner. That's one of my practices. Um, I move every single day in some way, whether it's running weightlifting or yoga, most of the time, two of those three things like that are really important. I think just making sure that you're taking care of yourself, you're on top of what's happening internally, and you're also moving and, uh, moving the energy in your body so that you can stay nimble, and playable and bouncy as you get older.
0: Absolutely, And I love that you said that as well, because sometimes we can get into the more holistic space. And, um, you know, I think it's, it is, we need to use the tools that are available to us, you know, and if that's Western medicine, Western medicine serves a purpose. Eastern medicine and these holistic practices, these ancient practices, they serve a purpose and they can work well together. I think that it's unhealthy to sort of cancel one or the other out. I think that they can work really well in tandem. So I love that you said that you get your blood work done, you have a look at what's happening and um, you use that as well, even though you're someone who's so embedded in these Eastern philosophies and Eastern medical practices. So I think that that's really responsible actually so that's great
1: yeah and i do i do acupuncture weekly Mm -hmm. because i think that's one of the most important support systems i have yeah um but it's funny even though i teach yoga and i teach meditation i'm i'm very factual about it Mm -hmm. i really i try not to go toward that sort of um i don't know how to say this more sort of woo woo place you know i I really like to talk about okay this is the this is the quality we're trying to engender in this practice and these are the ways in which we're going to do that through the body and then at the end of the practice or at certain parts of the practice we can also just be listening for those qualities where they will bubble up and effervesce naturally because of the practice the quality of the practice itself
0: so, who have been some major influences or sources of inspirations or mentors in your life? And these can either be in your personal life or public figures.
1: Well, I have a few female teachers whom I'll always continuously honor. Um, for yoga, I have Abby Galvin and Naveen Mishan. Naveen is the founder of Katona Yoga. Mm-hmm spent a lot of time privately with me several years ago to help me see what the sort of material is all about. Abby started out as her student and has become a really incredible teacher in her own right. So I consider both of them teachers of mine. Um, Judith Lasseter, Judith Hanson Lasseter is absolutely my long lost mother. Mm -hmm. I feel very connected to her energetically. We, She and I did a really beautiful episode of my podcast. I try and take classes with her as much as I can, and her daughter Lizzie as well, so dear, dear soul sister. Um, for meditation, I study with Roshi Joan Halifax, who is the abbot of the Upaya Zen Center here in Santa Fe. She's a socially engaged Buddhist practitioner who has completely changed the way I see the world through her books, her teachings. Um, Two of her books in particular, The Fruitful Darkness and Standing at the Edge are never far. Standing at the Edge is two feet away from me here in my little meditation cave and Fruitful Darkness is just outside in my bedroom. And I look at her work nearly daily And then finally, I have a business mentor, two different business mentors, actually. One is Deb Erickson, who's just a powerhouse, She's just like such an energy uh, fix for me. She's got a weekly um, session that I attend uh, or at least get the notes from. And then Hiro Boga, who's teaching me how to... Receive and deliver really good mentorship, uh, and I think that that's something that for a woman to be taught by another woman who's older it feels very critical to me very very important uh, and i'm I feel like I'm a little kid when I reference these women because you know. I still, there's still so much to learn. And I'm only 50 years old, and most of them are in their 60s or 70s. And I'm just so honored to be able to work with these women.
0: I'm briefly interrupting this episode to bring you some information on one of my most favorite resources, the Kundalini Lounge. If you have been listening to this podcast for a little while, you will know that I'm a daily practitioner of Kundalini yoga. I find it to be such a powerful practice to move stagnant energy through and out of the body using breath and sound and movement. And the Kundalini Lounge brings together some of the most experienced teachers in the industry, and they have put together an entire video library consisting of hundreds of videos for you to choose from. And there are specific videos that target ailments that you might be struggling with or wanting a specific outcome. And there are also different workshops as well that explain some of the dynamics in Kundalini Yoga on and off the mat. So it's an incredible resource to have, and they are inviting you to join their community for the first seven days for free. So you can register at kundalinilounge.com. And after that, when you use the promo code Hadasa, you also receive an extra 20% off any membership type that you will choose. So I hope you enjoy this resource as much as I do and get a lot out of it. No, they really have. A lot of these women you've mentioned, especially Judith Lester. I mean, she really has sort of continued on the practice in such an authentic, real way and relatable way. And her writing is so beautiful and so deep, yet so understandable. So I really, really love her work as well. She's someone that I refer back to often as well. So, yeah, amazing. Mm. amazing mentors you have and um so coming back to the present day what does your daily routine usually look like
1: uh as i mentioned before i usually mm-hmm. get up meditate oral care i take a long time i follow um nadine artemis yes. living libations um she has a an eight-step <laughs> Moral care regimen yeah. that I do in the morning and night. Usually I make it through like five or six, but most of them I do. There's a salt rinse, there's a tongue brush, there's a, a gum brush, and then there's a tooth polish and another floss, and then rinse again, sometimes double floss, depending on what you've eaten. Mm. Um, I do all that after meditation. Then I go outside, and I do either hill sprints or walk the trail really fast, something to get my heart rate up. And then three times a week, I do weight training. I use the future app. It's a really awesome fitness app that is really reasonably priced and delivers such good workouts, um, that are designed by my coach. It's awesome. And then I get to work period. It's awesome. I, uh, Many mornings, if I'm outside when I'm doing the runs or the walks, I'll go ahead and pick uh, lettuce, romaine or arugula for lunch that day, or for dinner, depending. And I'll get it soaking for the day because we have you know a real garden with no pesticides at all. So there are aphids on everything, ladybugs eating the aphids, and flies eating the uh, the both and oh, it's just hilarious. There's so much life happening. So I have to let the let the leaves soak for a long time. And I just saw my first heads of broccoli coming through after planting them in May. And I'm so excited. It's now July. I could not be more excited to see them. And mm. the cauliflower is just starting to bud and bloom too. Which is exciting
0: I love how you talk about this with such excitement and I can see oh god
1: it's just everything it's It's everything I swear
0: yeah I agree (sighs) I agree and um I noticed a thread through as well through our conversation and this connecting with nature and really kind of connecting with source and is that something that's really important to you and um you know and how how has that sort of contributed to to your life in a positive way
1: You know, I never realized how important it was until I moved uh, in the early part of 2020 out to a place where we were in the mountains and we have, you know, we're surrounded by trees. I'll never not live in the trees from this point on. But when I was in New York, I had no idea how much nature I really needed and was appropriate for my own support. But now I know. And now, you know, I know that it's everything. So we, we do a lot outside. And like I said, I'm learning how to grow all my own food. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to set up a whole other bed and do beans and um, along with the veggies so that I have some protein as well growing.
0: And what's next for you? What projects are you working on? I, I'm a big lover of your books. I think The Art of Attention was probably the first ever yoga book that I – bought that I actually practiced and then um your practice you journal as well is incredible do we have any mm. new books in the making
1: we I released a new journal yeah. this past um, April yeah. and it's called being you yeah. I'm happy to send you all the links for all these things yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, being it. you is a journal similar to practice you but it's a little more refined I I think some people prefer one or the other. Um, But Being You is an awesome... I'm really proud of that. I worked on it. What's interesting is I was doing a lot of traveling at that time. It got finished just as the pandemic got into full swing. But prior to that, I'd been traveling a lot. And I worked on it at many different friends' homes. So it has their energy in it. And the sort of fun of the background conversations and all the love. And, you know, that was kind of the last time I got to see or spend time in person with so many of my friends. Yeah. Um, so it's a very special thing to me. Uh, it's doing well, it's getting used in a lot of teacher trainings and, uh, on retreats. A lot of teachers bring either practice you or being you on retreat and give it out to the students Uh, to work in while they're there so they can sort of capture their insights while they're on retreat. So that's been fun. I have another deck coming out soon called Daily Ceremony, which I think is going to give rise to a few different projects. Um, But this deck is beautiful. It was the one that I wanted that I didn't have and I couldn't find. Super simple. My painting is on the back called Ancestral Interval. And then on the front, it's just one word, wow. one word. And so you pick through the deck and you just choose the one word for the day. It's just incredibly simple and sublime. I'm so excited about this project. Amazing. Uh, that'll excited. come soon. Yeah, just a short a short run too. I just did 500 um, limited edition for this first round to see if people are resonating with it mm. and then we'll see where we go from there i think i want to make deep books i want to make um sort of the the next book to follow being mm. you is going to be more of a kind of a planner type of book rather than just a journal mm. i have a feeling um so I'm, I'm waiting to see what the what the inspiration holds for that fabulous
0: fabulous be really exciting
1: Virtually I have, um, my favorite project right now is my mentorship. Yeah. Oh, I'm just so proud of it. It's very cost efficient, so it's not super expensive. It's a monthly portal where I deposit no fewer than five or six new video teachings every month based on what I'm learning from my teachers and mentors. Um, And I'm really proud of it. We have uh, several hundred folks in there, women and men, who are really finding uh, a homing, grounding quality to the content there. I meet them live twice a month. I take it very, very seriously. I take all my work very seriously. But this one I really enjoy. Mm. Um, And that's something that will be ongoing. uh, And it's very satisfying to me.
0: It's a great place to share, I think, as well, because it's an ongoing thing. It's not just you've created a a book or a course or something like that. It's really kind of hot off the press, what you're going through and what you're learning in your life, and you're sharing that with your community. So it's really valuable. And some of the guests that you have on there as well are phenomenal.
1: Such a Yeah, the guest experts. I love it. It's hard to decide when I meet people. And come to know them. Uh, it's hard to decide should I have them as a guest expert or a podcast guest or yeah. both. And sometimes it's both and sometimes it's one or the other. But that that uh, little curated selection of guest experts is quite something now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And are you still teaching yoga? Yeah, yoga I
1: have. Um, I've been with glow.com yes. for the last 12 years. And now they very um, kindly are allowing me to just live stream from my home amazing, and people really appreciate it. We have like anywhere between 70 and hundred people, uh, right now, this month for July, we're doing Monday evenings. It seems to be an incredible timing for folks. And then the folks in the European part of the world get to watch the, the next day when they wake up, but live the U S and Australia and Southern hemisphere get to be together which is really sweet. It happens at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. Um, so it's, it's just been really fun. You know, live streaming yeah. is, a, is a hoot. Super fun.
0: I love the way that we've really adapted to new ways of connecting as well. And I think there's sort of like a casual, you know, it's still serious, but it's a more casual, relaxed, like you said, you're doing it from your home. Like it's a much more intimate sort of thing than I think you ever would have imagined that you could have done online before, I think, you Mm. know, before Mm. this pandemic. And I think that that's really Mm. interesting how we've really adapted and, and, you know, pivoted into new ways of connecting. And um, I think that's so beautiful. Agreed. So what is one practical tip um, or practice that you can leave our listeners with that they can implement today to live a more aligned life?
1: Hmm. Well, If you do have essential oils near you, and they are of pure grade, I would say just keep orange or lemon very close by and put one drop into your water once a day, only in a glass or in stainless steel. No aluminum, no plastic, please. Um, And while you're sipping on that water, preferably in the morning and during the warmer, uh, the cooler months, I I would make the water warm with one drop, just sit quietly. You don't need to meditate unless you want to. I, I personally find every benefit from meditation, but just sitting and sipping and starting your day in a quiet place with yourself is I think one of the most important aspects of my experience um, that I know of
0: so
1: simple, so beautiful. Um, And I usually get that. I'll grab that water between the, you know, getting up and going to sit where I'm recording for you is right next to my little meditation seat here. Mm -hmm. I'll grab that right before I sit for meditation and I'll set the glass or the mug down near me while I sit and then sip it afterwards and perhaps do a little bit of reading or something. But this whole... That whole enterprise is no more than 20 to 30 minutes at the most. And yes, my child is now 15. So I have the luxury of that, Mm -hmm. doing that. Um, But, you know, if you have small kids, just know they are going to grow and you are going to have that kind of time. And it's nice to have a ritual in place where you are connecting to yourself very often so that nobody else can shake you without your presence. And
0: where can our listeners find you if they'd like to know more about your work, um, social media, website, etc.? I'll put all the, the links in the show notes for everyone.
1: Um, yeah. I, my website is, is the best place, Elena Brower. And, um, on social media, I am my name everywhere. I don't have different names. Yeah. There's one Instagram page for the practice you podcast, which is practice. You. And that's a fun place to look if you want to catch up and see who is, on the podcast that week or recently and see if you want to tap into that. Um, otherwise it's just my name and I'll go ahead and send you the links for a few of the other things I mentioned. I made a, a note to send you the future app and the, uh, yeah. the book links you can obviously link to yourself.
0: Yeah. And the mentoring side.
1: Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Your mentoring. Courses.
1: I'll make sure to, I'll make sure to email those to you now.
0: Well, Lena, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you. Um, is there anything mm. that I haven't asked you about that you would really like to share, that you have on your heart to share?
1: No, I think I, I think the the person who's listening to us right now, you only need to remember one thing, which is you are enough. You are enough, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise.
0: Thank you so much, Elena. It's been a pleasure.
1: You're welcome, honey. Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests' insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.